You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dean Mizutani. That's not Jace Frederick on the other end. That's our friend Paul Hodawanik. Uh, Jace couldn't be here tonight, but we're happy to have our friend Paul here. Um, Paul was actually down in Miami um, for Purple Insider podcast, um, covering for our friend Matt Collar over there. Paul, how's it going down there in Miami? I heard it was hot today. It, it's been all hot all week. I escaped a little bit of, of work and enjoyed the the weather earlier this week and now doing some work now, but it's been hot all week. It sounds much better than it's up there in Minnesota. I, I think I missed the polar vortex by a little bit. I'm not excited to come back tomorrow. So. Yeah, what a flex. I mean, that's, <laughs> what better way to kind of prep for a Vikings game than to right. spend the week in Miami, the, the, the week it snows here in Minnesota. So. Yeah. yeah. What, um, all right, let's just jump into the game. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess against all odds, this team's five and one, Paul. I, I, I laugh because each week I kind of digest a Vikings game. I'm like, is this team good? And, and that's kind of how I still feel about this team. We'll, we'll get into like the big picture look, you know, down the road, but 24, 16 win over the Miami dolphins, their third string quarterback, then their second string quarterback. And, you know, whatever that was, but Vikings catching injury luck once again, stepping up in big moments once again, um, despite some play throughout the game that might leave a little to be desired. I guess what's your biggest takeaway from this one? Because there's a lot of, of roads we can go down. Vikings dominated for, got dominated for a large chunk of the game. Um, yet when all, all was said and done, this this was a pretty handy victory. Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins had a, 10 minute margin on time of possession. They ran 23 more plays. They outgained the Vikings 458 to 234. So you just look at the stats. You don't see the score. You expect this to be a Dolphins win. And that's, I think, what we've been saying. You guys have been saying, I've been saying the last few weeks is every time after one of these games, it it's kind of that like breaking bad meme, like, how have they gotten away with this again? Like, how does mm-hmm. this keep happening? Um, and they continue to do it through opportunistic plays on defense and finding just enough offense. And I think later on, we can talk about if that model is sustainable. I have Mm -hmm. some questions about that. Um, but yeah, they're taking advantage of the luck that they've had. They haven't always done that in the past with Mike Zimmer teams, but they're four and oh right now in one score games. They didn't turn the ball over today. They have consistently been 
the team that's not getting penalized and shooting themselves in the foot and their opponents continue to be the team that does. It's not like the Lions game where Dan Campbell makes a bad fourth down decision and that costs them a big chunk of the game. The Vikings aren't making those mistakes. And so generally when I think you look at a lot of the surrounding pieces and maybe the total statistics and say, what is going on here? I think you're seeing in some of the marginal ways they are doing well, and that has been able to keep them afloat. But it's been able to keep them afloat against Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater. It's been able mm-hmm. to keep them afloat against Andy Dalton and Jared Goff and first-week Aaron Rodgers uh, with an all-new receiving core and Justin Fields. Like, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's going to get tougher from here. I don't know how much tougher, but they're going to play a Dallas Cowboys team that's better. They're going to play a Buffalo Bills team that's better. The Giants look much better. Like They're going to start to face some of these teams, and they're going to have to be better than they were today because they were dominated for large stretches of the game. And if not for a couple of those turnovers it may go a different way. I think if Skylar Thompson stays in the game, we saw enough through the first drive or two, mm-hmm. he was going to make a lot of things happen with his legs. Something different in this game could have happened maybe because of that, because we've seen the Vikings struggle with Jalen Hurts and seen them struggle with Justin Fields a little bit. Those quarterbacks then can get on the move. Teddy couldn't do that. He couldn't get around the pressure that was finally able to come today. And so I think all those different factors weigh in, but I generally come along with the same assessment. Like, I'm not sure that they're good, but at this point, I'm not sure it matters because per 538, they now have a 92% chance to make the playoffs. So it's becoming a math problem for keeping them out, even though a lot of times by their play, they look like maybe they're not a playoff team, but they just keep racking up these wins. And so after the game, like they're excited about the win, but they, I think more than any other week, they are starting to realize like we're getting away with a lot right now. And I don't know how much longer we can keep doing that. Yeah, you mentioned, Paul, like 234 yards of, of total offense on the day, right? Like yeah. 53 of those yards came on a Dalvin Cook run late, which we'll talk a little bit more about. Like he was kind of, he kind of did a good Adrian Peterson profession, per, impression <laughs> late did. earlier, yeah. you know, today with the two yard run, one yard run, two yard run, 53 yard run. But like, let's go through the first, the first like four possessions of the game three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Then they put together a touchdown drive. Then they go three and out again. Then they kick a field goal before. 10 three and outs, I think, was the for um, the, the full day. Like, what, when you're watching at, at the stadium, when you're diagnosing what's going on there, like, is it just rhythm? Is it, like, they can't establish the run, so the pass doesn't work? Is it Kirk feeling uncomfortable? Like, what was your diagnosis today watching this yeah. offense, which we have seen probably a little bit too often for, for, as much as we we laud Kevin O'Connell for being this offensive mastermind, just kind of stall out at times. What what was the problem today? I I think today was maybe the offensive line, which has been a bright spot throughout the season. And the offensive line, I think, especially this leading up to this week and even the week prior, was getting some flowers. Mm-hmm. There was some, is Garrett Bradbury finding a rhythm again? Like, is he finding something he hasn't found again? And I think today was maybe a little bit of a wake-up call when a Miami Dolphins team, which is known for having creative ways to pressure the passer. They may not always blitz. I mean, they blitz a ton. Uh, and even when they don't blitz, they look like they're going to blitz. They're moving. They're doing tons of stunts and things like that. And 
the Vikings offensive line, especially the interior struggled today. There were some just free rushers coming through the middle, which is a weird thing to see. Like you see him sometimes coming off the edge with miscommunications. You don't normally see him coming through the middle. This was not a good Garrett Bradbury game and it. It is a good defensive line for the dolphins, but I think that was a big piece that like Kirk just didn't look comfortable in the pocket, which we've seen when there's pressure up the middle, we know what Kirk's going to do. He's going to struggle and he's probably going to check down and things aren't going to open up. And when Justin Jefferson is continually, this is another weekly thing. When Justin Jefferson is the only one consistently getting open, teams are doubling him. They're even tripling him in certain spots. And Kirk is either too late to move off that read or other guys just aren't getting free. And so I think today, especially it was just that front of the dolphins causing the offensive line, some confusion and putting the Vikings putting Kirk cousins and that offense in a bad spot. And then Kirk wasn't making that above and beyond play outside that one, Justin Jefferson play, which they talked about post game was the look they finally got and they took mm-hmm. advantage. They weren't able to do that enough. And I think that was because O'Connell had to bring more people inside to continue to block. And he just had to be so concerned about the blocking that they weren't able to really game their, their like kind of, I don't know, like get the, get the game plan moving to the point where they are able to exploit things. They were just more on the defensive. They were more conservative and it works when you're playing again, a team that doesn't have very good quarterback play. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it'll continue to work, but I think today it was the offensive line more than anything. Sure. Yeah. And I guess it wouldn't be an episode of inside purple and gold if, if I didn't somehow make this about Kirk cousins, but <laughs> yes, the offensive line was, was porous today. Um, yeah. Looked like the offensive line of old. How much of this is on Kirk Cousins, though? Like, I, I and I, I asked that, like, knowing I'm going to sound like a Kirk Cousins hater, but we've in the past talked about how this offensive line struggles. And sometimes your offensive line is going to struggle. It's on the quarterback to, to see protections pre, pre snap or to, to navigate the pocket a little bit better. In, in, in your opinion today, can any of this be reflected on Kirk Cousins, or is this just an example of? you know, the offensive line getting dominated. No, Ed Ingram had a rough day out there. Um, A little bit of both maybe. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely a little bit of both. I don't think, I mean, saying that interior pressure came doesn't excuse the fact that Kirk couldn't like work around interior pressure. Like Mm -hmm. all these things are pushes and pulls and it comes back to the age old Kirk discussion of, is he going to go above and beyond? And really when the other parts around him aren't like playing really, really well, what can he do? And so I think there's definitely some on Kirk. I Post game, they talked both O'Connell and Cousins were not happy about the performance. Like you could tell, they were happy that they were winning. Um, they were happy that they were going into a bye, but they, O'Connell in particular, was not, didn't seem super happy. Uh, he's putting on a good face, but he didn't seem like he was super happy about the way that the team played, particularly on offense. And so when the punter has to go out 10 times, like it's, it's, it's not just the play calling, it's not just the offensive line, like it's Kirk too. Um, but both Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne had under two yards average of separation per route. That's way below league average. Justin Jefferson was above league average like he normally is, but mm-hmm. those wide, if those wide receivers aren't separating, if the offensive line's a little shoddy, like, again, Kirk's just not going to come and make the play. So I think you definitely have to look at that. I think they came in with a conservative game plan. They talked about that. They wanted to be a little bit more conservative because of the fronts that they knew they were going to get. And I think maybe then Kirk isn't taking the shots that, when you have Justin Jefferson are, are probably going to are better than 50, 50 balls. Like they're 60, 40, they're 70, 30 with Justin Jefferson. And so, yeah, I don't think Kirk is ever without, without blame. I think constantly like 
he's a part of that missing piece that isn't like they just never get everything to click in in succession and so yeah i think kirk deserves some blame not all of the blame today uh particularly because of the way that the offensive line struggled um but it, and and like they started at, they had great field position and so many opportunities and just kind of gave it away and so none of that's inexcusable but the the run the run offense wasn't good either they had a 15% success rate so that's like when you talk about the 50 yard run that kind of makes the yards per carry look a lot better than it was success mm-hmm. rate just tells you was this play a success or not and only 15% of their run plays were a success like that's not a sustainable model and that continually is not going to be a sustainable a sustainable model, especially if they're not pass blocking, because then you're in third and nines constantly. And then that's when Kirk becomes, I'm going to check this down for four yards, or I'm, I'm not going to push the ball. Like it's when he's in those backed up situations and doesn't want to take a sack, doesn't want to turn the ball over. So it all meshes together. But Kirk, again, is, is never without blame, but more than more so than other games, I wouldn't put this solely on him. Sure. Yeah. You, you mentioned, you know, how he, him and O'Connell talked after the game. It, it is interesting to me, like, it's easier to learn after wins than after losses. But something I have appreciated about Kevin O'Connell is how he's kind of seemed to unlock some sort of like sense of accountability in Kirk, because there's so many times in the past three or four years now where they have a bad game, but they come out with the win. Kirk Cousins is talking about how each thing is its own entity. He's not taking, you know, accountability for that. The fact that the offense has struggled, and while he still tends to do that, tends to deflect at times, I've seen a sense of accountability out of him this year. Maybe it's just that he feels more comfortable with the coach around him. Maybe he's not looking over his shoulder, knowing Kevin O'Connell at least isn't going to go roast him and grill him to you know publicly. Right. Who knows how he actually feels about him? But like Mike Zimmer had no problem making it be known that Kirk Cousins was not his guy. Kevin O'Connell has come, you know gone to bat for Kirk Cousins every chance he's gotten. Right. And I think that's something that that we I just continuously see. When teams look bad and win games, a lot of times in the NFL, like coaches will come out and whatever reporter is asking the question will just kind of bully that reporter, you know, no, you know, we won the game, blah, blah, blah. What are you talking about? You don't know football. Both of these guys right now have have come out and said like this isn't good enough. It's not good enough. And right. And I think that is something that's a little underrated about this season to this point is just like seeing Kirk take some accountability. I think at the end of the day, he's still Kirk. Like there's still like layers of that, that I don't think he'll ever shed, but I I don't know. Like, I think it's just interesting to hear comments like he had today where, you know, we know we have to be better. It's just not something I think we heard as, as forthcoming in the past. Yeah. And it, it happened like in today's presser, I forget who asked him. Um, but basically it was just like you were you were animated with O'Connell on the sideline yeah. like I'm sure I didn't see that a ton but it sounded like on the broadcast they showed a couple times where they were in some sort of I don't know if it was heated argument or just like passion passionate like trying to figure out what's going mm-hmm. wrong and I think in past years Kirk would have deflected that question and not even tried to answer it but he kind of went straight in and was like yeah no we needed to have those conversations like sometimes we weren't executing the plays and sometimes the plays weren't setting up what we needed to like he was kind of taking accountability, pushing it back, like doing this, like it were kind of like all on this together. And I don't think you would have heard him say, I really want to be coached hard. And Kevin, like we have this really great relationship in previous years that just wasn't the vibe that they have. And so I think it's certainly that way with O'Connell and they're both able to kind of hold each other and themselves accountable, at least within the media. And it seems like they're doing that both on the field. We're seeing that. And so I think 
that can only help an offense because again, I think cousins talked about it today. Like he was trying to stay true to the game plan and maybe at some point you want to go a little bit away from the game plan and take a risk or two, but he was confident that it was going to come at some point. And so we didn't see Kirk throw a bad pass that ended in a turnover or really try to extend a play and fumble. Like, they were three and out and three and out, but then the play calling clicked and they had the one drive that they looked really, really good on. And so I think there's some give and takes a push and pull there, but I don't know if you necessarily have that drive. If it feels like your head coach is pressuring down on you and like, it feels like something would have been forced or people just kind of start to tune it out. Like they seem a little bit more on page and are kind of like on the same page together. And so I think that is in no small part helping them in this five and one start. I don't think it's all of it. I think some of it just comes down to variance and luck, but I think you can't like, you can't deny that they seem to have a better relationship and at least outwardly facing towards the rest of the world, they seem happier. And I think that is helping them once they are playing. For sure. For sure. All right. We'll, we'll break there. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the defense, a lot of bit about the defense, um, only 16 points allowed, but ugh, did not look too good. 